Hi, superstars. Welcome back to the Awesome Overflow. This is your Awesome Overflow for February of 2022. Coming in a little under the wire with me is Kelly Gordon. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. Hi, Meg. Hey, superstars. I mean, I mean yeah. you know it's coming. Yes. And it's plus- just like, we make you wait. We make you wait all the way to the end. <laughs> it's like watching actual TV when you have to wait for your next episode. Right. Instead of being able to binge it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, to be fair, also February, it's a short month. So it I'm going gonna- <laughs> to say that. So before we get into our overflow conversation, I do want to make sure I tell you all I and remind you, I suppose, about something that I didn't know so many of our superstars didn't know, didn't realize, missed the announcement on. And that that is that we have two levels of sponsorship, of uh, of Patreon membership for our superstars. Mm-hmm. So this is something we started last September, but I think, you know, sometimes Kelly, how it is, you see something oh, once yeah. and maybe you don't even see it at all, or it just kind of slips through the cracks, whatever. Yep. Or you you actually read it and comprehended it, but then there's so much going on in our uh-huh. brains that those details like float away. And you're like, wait, yes. maybe I did know that, but what? Tell me again, Meg, what was the deal? Okay, here is the deal. Um, we have two levels forever and ever for years and years and years. We had one level, just keep everything super simple. And that is our $5 level. If you're listening to this, you have supported the show at $5 um, as a superstar. But starting last September, we upped the uh, the ante a little bit and said, hey, some of you may uh, be interested in getting the regular Friday episodes of Sort of Awesome, but the ad-free version. And so um, we have our $10 level that we call our very superstars. And um, sometimes I do some extra audio things for our very superstars. I had been doing affirmation packs. I think I'm going to try something different this spring and see how that works out. But every single Friday, you get the regular Friday episode without a single ad in it. And Kelly, as now we're part of the Cloud 10 Network, which mm-hmm. is part of iHeartRadio, a huge benefit for us is that they are booking so many ad campaigns for us, which is great for sort of awesome, the business. But, you know, as a listener, if you're like, okay, that's a lot of ads. If you want something that you can just listen to smooth and easy, not a single ad, we've got the very superstar level for you. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, I mean, which is like, it's one of those extra perks, right? Yes. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. the upper echelon. (laughs) Very awesome. Yes, Yes. exactly. And so again, that's just if you would like to bump up to the $10 level, you can do that. You could even just like try it out for a month and see if it's worth it to you. Um, I do support a lot of podcasts myself on Patreon. And there is um, one podcast in particular that I just love their episodes so much, but they do have a lot of ads that I was like, all right, okay, I'll pay the extra to get the ad free every week. And it's been worth it for me for sure. So right. Well, because it's not just about that, right? It's it's an extra perk, but you're getting to support a show that you really like. Yes. And you usually are getting extra bonus things right. at that level too. So yes, yes. it's a great option if yeah. people because they get it sometimes if you're not a extra super star. Yeah. Yes. You still sometimes get the ad free, but yeah. it's like you can see what it's like, see if it's worth it to you to bump exactly. up. Exactly. Okay. So Kelly, since the last time you were here mm-hmm. um, in the overflow, of course, everyone gets to hear from you every month on the main show, but the mm-hmm. last time that you were here um, to, to have the overflow conversation, you had kind of mentioned some possible changes 
some stuff coming up with work. And I think you have a little update for the superstars on that. I do. So if you missed that one, that was the November overflow. And it was actually Rebecca and I talking, which was kind of fun and unusual. And the thing is, a lot of you, the superstars, you really resonated with what I was saying, because at that time I was like, uh, I am so overwhelmed with everything. It's it's just the great resignation happening in my own personal life. You know, so many women feeling like, I cannot do all of these things even halfway well Mm. because it's just, it's especially at this point after two years of carrying burdens, you're just like, I'm tired. I cannot. And so I was like, I I think I might have to quit my job, which was a big deal because I really have only been in my job for two years at that point and loved my job. Now my job had changed last summer, which most superstars know the show that I was originally hired to produce went away and I was put on a new show, but it was really more about the pressure of that show of my life, of all the things. And so Rebecca and I had this very frank conversation about what it's like to be a woman right now, a working woman, like how we decide when to quit. Um, And so many of you came into these superstars, you know, group on Facebook and we're like, yes, I feel this or I've quit or have you heard this podcast? Have you read this article? So here I am in February of 2022 to say that I'm just going to walk you through what I did. After recording that episode, I, in early December, went to my supervisor and was ready to quit. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I had worked through which y'all helped me do really, honestly, like, you know, I'm a verbal processor. So talking about it with Rebecca and with you helps me to get to the point where I was like, yeah, I think it's not just like a, I need to quit. Like I, that's what I need to do. Like I, I don't like it. Like, I feel like I'm being faced with two not great options, but of the two not great options, quitting is the one that's necessary. So I went to her and said, I, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. And she's like, are you ready to quit? And I'm like, I'm ready to quit. Like, I, I don't see any other options. Like, I don't know what the other options are. And she's like, okay, wait, what if there was another option? So she said, there is this other role that is even more part-time because I work right now 32 hours a week. And mm-hmm. um, she's like, this is 24 hours a week, mm-hmm. but it's benefited. Ooh. And I was like, I didn't even know that was possible. Like I thought right? you had to be at a minimum of like 30 hours a week yeah. to get benefits. And that was honestly a lot of the reason, which I mentioned in the November for overflow, sure. why I was hesitating on quitting is because I provide the benefits for our family. My yes. husband has benefits, but they're more expensive. It's it's just better. And you know what a pain it is, you know, like, oh, like, no. oh I gotta find yeah. all new, blah, blah, blah. Yes. So that was really holding me back. So when she's like, you could work not on the show you're working on now, it's going to be on two different things. Um, it's a little bit of a loosey goosey sort of role because it's 24 hours. One of the things that I'll produce is a every other month webinar that we then turn around for the radio that we started right after George Floyd was killed. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a lot about race yeah. um, in Minnesota, in America, things like that. But it's starting to branch out into other things. The cool thing is, is what has happened is we have a whole audience insights like department in our company. And so they've been reaching out to community groups in Minnesota that are not the voices that we always hear and saying, what are we not talking about? What do you want to hear? And who should we talk to? Yes. So there's actually not that much work for me to do. Like usually I come up with topics. I come up with who we're going to talk to. Like I'm planning all of this, but because we really want to work with the communities, we're saying, who do you think we should talk to? Instead of me as a middle-aged white suburban woman saying, this is who you should hear on this. Mm -hmm. You 
you know, in the black North Minneapolis community, you tell me who we should talk to you about this. Yes. Um, so that's what I'm going to be doing. But you guys, <laughs> I have been producing a show since October that is a hour long daily news show. Mm-hmm. So the idea of going to produce something every other month, that's an hour. I produce an hour of radio every day, every day, you every guys. day. The pace is really unrelenting and partly because of staffing yeah. issues that they're trying to get settled out for the new team. But I'm so excited. So that sounds like what a cush sort of thing. Yes. And then the other thing that I'm going to be doing is I'm going to get to work more completely with my old host, Carrie Miller. If you guys yes. have ever been in Minnesota, or you've heard me talk about her. Right. She's still doing a one hour show for Minnesota Public Radio that is just about book authors. She's a voracious oh. reader. Uh-huh. And so I've still been working with her to help book them, but oh, now I'll also get to edit them and like do that part of it too, which is awesome because what would happen is I would book these authors and I would also write the web copy for it. So I would have to go and like read about the book, something. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, dang it. And then, now, like, th- then that was it for you, like yeah. on your end. Like, the, right. yeah. Okay. Like I could have always gone back and listened to the podcast, but you know except, how time is. Except you're already booking the next episode. Right. So yes, I so, understand. So yeah, so this this way I get to really follow the whole arc from the beginning to the end. So I'm going to start this this new role right at the beginning of March. So it's fitting that I'm talking to you right now because yes. that's when I will make the complete transition and be completely done on the show that I have been working on and moving into this new role. It will be like Monday... March 7th, I think. But this week, as I'm in this kind of transition period, was the first time I got to edit Carrie's interview. So she talked to this week, and I'm just going to say this because there might be some awesomes who are interested in this book. It came out, I think, either this week or last week, middle of February, um, Marlon James. Okay. So he is a fiction, well, he's he's an amazing author. I think he's mostly written fiction. Um, He is writing a trilogy that is he has described it as an African Game of Thrones. Ooh, okay. So it's very like sci-fi, fantasy sort yeah. of a thing. And um, he is, he's actually splits his time between Minnesota, where he is a professor at one of the colleges here in the Twin Cities, and New York, where his okay. partner lives. But um, so he's talked with Carrie many times. They have a great rapport and a warmth. Uh, and I... I, I listened to the interview and I was just captivated because they're talking about this new book that is coming out. It's called Moon Witch Spider King. Okay. And so they start the conversation talking about witches and Ooh. what witches represent. You know, like witches, have, she's like, they've been in the Bible. They were in Big Beth. They were in American history. And he's like, yeah, yeah I think it's really women who claim power that yep. they weren't mm-hmm. allowed to have by society. Yes. Yeah. And, and of course he's Jamaican born. And so okay. a lot of his like mythology and folklore mm-hmm. that he uses to create this whole other fantastical world of monsters and dragons and sorcerers and ordinary people and um, is based on a lot of African and, you know, Jamaican inspired mm-hmm. stories and storytelling. Yes. Right. But he's like, you know, every culture has these people. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting to think about that idea. And then even like the idea of, um, he said in Jamaica, they're called Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan mm-hmm. women or, or men. Uh-huh. He's like, they often live in St. Thomas. So if you're in Jamaica and you're like, I went to St. Thomas last night, Everybody knows what that means. Like you went to curse or to bless someone, mostly curse. Uh, yes, yes, you know, yes. Uh-huh. to curse. And 
But then they started talking about, isn't that kind of, he's like, cause she said, do you think that people do this to actually, like, they actually think something's going to happen or is it about like putting it out to the universe? And he's like, I think it's putting it out to the universe mm-hmm. and it's doing it with other people. And she's like, yes. isn't that kind of like prayer? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So it was just like, so I was so excited when I got done and I was like, ah, this is what I'm going to get to do. Oh, like Kelly, this so is going to be my job you. again. Yes. <laughs> And so then I was like, I requested the book, like as I'm listening and yes. editing the audio, I requested the book. And then I went later to read some articles about it. And people are like, oh, these are extremely violent and gory and okay. violent sex in a Game of Thrones style books. And yeah. I was like, un, un, unrequest, <laughs> unrequest, because I'm just going to like read about the book. I and adore yes, Marlon I, James. And yep. I'm going to tell anybody, if you want to listen to a great conversation, we can put the link in the show notes to the show that I just edited because it's not about that, right? It's about the themes of the book that that's the yeah. thing I like the most. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to. You don't need to read the book yeah. to have the experience of what yes. he's doing with the book. Yes. One I, of the reviewers from like one of the big, I don't know if it was the Washington Post, New York Times, they were like, I have never read the first book that he wrote, which came out in 2019. Yeah. They're like, there are a lot of bodily fluids. <laughs> being spilled yeah being everywhere always yeah. and i was like yeah <laughs> pass and request i'm going yes, to i'm going to have to pass but anyway that's what i'm going to get to do is like have these really fascinating conversations or not not me sorry i'm going to get to help build yes them. like from start to finish so you're booking right. authors you're setting them up and then you get the finished conversation to edit yes. and yes i i love that for you this is i'm like just vicariously so happy for you, especially oh. because you have been going through such a stressful time with the right. when after the show transitioned last summer. And I know that it has just been a lot. And so on the other end of this, because you spoke up and said, I can't do this anymore. This right. is not sustainable. I can't do this anymore. In that act of speaking up and just kind of taking back your power in that um, dynamic it opened up these other opportunities that right. you didn't even know were there. I and that's it. what I was going to say. That's the thing I feel like I've learned from this. If I was going to yes. take away a little nugget is you don't know what else is out there. Um, you know, right. we often, and we do, we have to kind of make decisions based on what we know. And so yes. I had come to the decision that I would quit, but I didn't know there was this other thing out there. Right. And and maybe sometimes we have to quit to get to the other thing mm-hmm. that's out there. Yep. Um, but it just it's been another reminder for me that we don't control things like we we can't perfectly plan things. And this was a happy surprise. You know, we've all seen that in a harder way over the last two years is like how little control we actually have, how much we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Um, but also there can be good things. And so I, I'm coming to the awesomes, the superstars in particular, to say, look, like a good thing happened because we all have to, like, I feel like desperate for good things to happen to everyone that I know and love and even random strangers on the internet. Like reading yeah. about a good thing is like, I, I need that. I need those little sparks. So that's how my story is ending um, right now. I'm I'm super excited to have the extra time that I'm going to be able to deal with my family, I'm going to be able to work from home yes. a lot more, which would be great. Like this last week, I can't, we had a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of the middle of America was dealing with storms and, yes. ice and like trying to drive back and forth to work this week was like, 
Ugh. I really was missing last year when none of us could go to the office. I know. So yes. yucky to drive in this kind of weather. So yeah. I'm, I'm just thrilled. So that's, I, I tried to quit. Didn't quite work, but I got a new thing. Yes. I love that. And we were just talking on our recent episode on the main show about Mm -hmm. this conversation around quitting. And I do think that that, I love that you're sharing this on the overflow because I think this is a a powerful, like not addendum to the conversation, but just kind of like, oh, but also it can go this way where you come up to the precipice of quitting, but then, oh, just over the precipice, there was another thing that I didn't know was out there. Yeah. It's like you're reaching, you're walking up to the cliff and then there's like a a little path that you didn't see that leads to the other direction, like not straight ahead. It it jogs Yeah, and that can happen. And I will say, again, I didn't look it up and I probably should have, but the podcast um, that I recommended on one of the most recent sort of awesome regular episodes on the art of quitting, the science of quitting, um, was recommended to me from by a superstar who listened yeah. to the overflow. So see, we've it's another it's circle that is all coming circle. back. It's all full circle. I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm going to ask you one question that's a little bit more serious, but I do want you to know, superstars, that Kelly and I both have some things that have been bringing us joy, have been bringing us life that we're going to talk about here in just a second. But um, Kelly and I thought this might be a little bit of an interesting question to kind of toss back and forth, and it was based on um, uh, something that was going to be asked in the main community, the Hangout community as an anonymous post, but because of some of the dynamics involved, we didn't think it was an appropriate place for the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But because you guys are the superstars and this is where we talk about things that we don't really delve into that much on the main show and in the main group. Kelly, I wanted to ask your opinion because as I said on that recent episode where we were talking about things we've learned, this is this is absolute truth. I often do look to you to be like, hey, so like what is what's the actual situation here? I don't read or listen to the news, but if I do want to know something, I'm just like, Kelly, <laughs> give me the bullet points. Yes, give me the bullet points. So the question was, and I didn't see it myself. You you saw it and, and dealt mm-hmm. with it um, on an admin level, but the question had to do with like masking and where we are right now, you know, late winter, moving into spring of 2022, hitting the two-year anniversary mark. Mm in this vaccine and boosted world, at least in the United States, like what kind of, what was the question about masking and what are some of your thoughts on it? So the question that this awesome was proposing, and and I will say that because she's an awesome, an awesome, awesome, like she prefaced it to our admins by saying, I don't know that this is going to make the muster to, to go into the regular, like she recognized yeah. that this is I wouldn't say sensitive, but it still can bring up feelings that maybe we're just like, you know, we we still have, in fact, maybe that's something we should reevaluate as we get into the summer, but we still have like a, let's not talk about what should we do in regards to COVID Mm -hmm. behaviors in this group, because there's just too many personal factors. Um, So that's why we didn't approve it. But she was saying basically that she lives in a pretty blue area of the country, meaning liberal um, so have been very, very cautious always mm-hmm. about um, all the different safety procedures that you have for COVID. Mm-hmm. She's like, my kids have asked, we're vaccinated, we're boosted, you know, like all the things. But even there, um, she said, I think that my, my kid's school in the next couple of weeks is going to remove the mask mandate. Okay. And I don't know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Like, because we've been so careful, like yeah. should, I mean, I, I like I see the science, 
but I feel nervous about it. Mm, Like recognizing the feelings about it. So what she was wanting was like a discussion about how do you feel about this? Right. Yes. And this is kind of a question that we have grappled with in the Mm -hmm. past two years, particularly (laughs) bless our hearts in 2021, when we thought that... (laughs) I'm, I'm just rolling my here. eyes so hard right now. Well, I don't, we can't even, I can't roll I my know. eyes. We thought, we believed with all of our hopefulness that we were nearing the end, that it was time to start making these end of pandemic decisions. Right. It was, I don't, when did we do, was it in March of last year that we I talked about was. like, it was a pandemic update. And we both said, you guys probably remember this. Meg and I both said, when do you, will it feel like the pandemic is yes. over? And we said, when we can take off the masks and within weeks, the CDC reversed their guidelines, right? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. or, and, or like allowed. And so everybody like got rid of masks um, in most places, you know, and like yeah. stores went optional yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it happened quicker than we thought. Yes. And then, but, yeah, but then of course, then and then it went to and, the fall and everything yeah. went crazy and cuckoo bananas. So yeah. we're here again. And I think in some ways, having done that whiplash, it probably makes now feel even more tenuous. Yes, exactly. I I was just going to say that the fact that this is like deja vu, mm-hmm. it adds an, a layer of fear around it. I absolutely identify with the fear feelings around like, oh my gosh, we tried this once and look what happened. What's what's going to happen next? So right. what are some of the schools of thought, do you think, at this point um, spring, let's just say spring 2022 in terms of like what's happening with masks. Well, we've talked, I feel like somewhere, maybe it was just you and me, Meg. I don't know. We talked somewhere about a daily episode. This was back in January. Okay. But this daily episode came out yeah. that was talking about a survey that they had done. And it was very interesting about people's attitudes and perceptions of COVID and COVID risk yeah. that the people who are most protected from COVID who yes. are you know vaccinated, boosted, doing all the safety things are the most concerned yes. about getting infected. Mm-hmm. And the people who are the least protected, who maybe aren't even vaccinated, don't wear masks, don't care yes. if they get it. Yeah. And so they were like, it's a really interesting juxtaposition. And so I feel like acknowledging that that's the environment that we live in. Mm-hmm. There are of course, very different trains of thoughts. Where I have landed, so instead of like covering all the different things, yeah. where I feel like the people who I, I really respect and trust, and these are experts that we would have on the show that I used to produce, you know, we covered the pandemic every every Monday. We did a pandemic show for yes. at least every Monday. Right. So like we did multiple sometimes during the week, but we would talk to all these national epidemiologists mm-hmm. constantly is it is not irresponsible to remove masks right now. Mm-hmm. Because of several things, we have way more people vaccinated than we did this time last year. For when, sure, they were just rolling know, out. They were just rolling out, so kids couldn't get vaccinated yet. Yeah. I don't. Teenagers could get vaccinated by late summer, like that. That like twelve to fifteen no could get vaccinated. Like it was yeah. like April, May. Was so, it? Okay, yeah. So masks have been removed, like in many places before that. So we have yeah. way more people who've had access, who've had time to get vaccinated, more age groups to get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, we just had, because of Omicron, a huge surge. So people right now have some immunity. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're seeing, that's partly why we're seeing case, case, cases just plummet. Yes. And in m- many places, we didn't see with Omicron quite as much hospitalization and death as you would have with Delta yeah. or you would have like prior to people being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So there were several things. So they're like, if we're going to remove the masks, which 
we've always said we were doing because of science. Yes. Uh This is the time to remove them. And then one step further, because this addresses exactly what the awesome was asking in schools, Mm -hmm. you have even more science in your favor there to say that this is an okay thing. Kids are at very, very, very low risk Mm -hmm. with COVID Mm -hmm. to have anything bad happen to them. That pertains to, especially if they're vaccinated, Mm -hmm. that pertains to, of course, you know, any sort of serious illness that would require hospitalization, of course, death. Mm-hmm. And and even long COVID, which a lot of people will be like, well, what about long COVID? We don't know about that too much. We don't. But what we seem to be seeing is that long COVID is primarily a disease of those who are not vaccinated or people before they got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. That in vaccinated people, it's very, very rare. And in kids, it's even more rare. Yeah. So like the ability to give kids whatever normalcy is going to become, mm-hmm. um, to especially the younger ones who really need some of those facial expressions, like for their development, to be able to hear their teachers. Um, it's, it's the right time. Yeah. So we have to work through our own feelings of adults, how, wherever we sit on yes. the spectrum of saying, well, it's about time, or I'm not sure I'm ready. The other thing that almost everybody that I read, like I read a great, and we could link to this as well in our show notes for this episode, a, a great article this week by Emily Oster. It was actually from her email. Mm-hmm. She is a data scientist mm-hmm. and she analyzes risk. So she was addressing this exact thing. Oh. And what she said though, at the end is, if you're still feel nervous or you have an immunocompromised child, sure, or, yeah. you know, whatever, they can still mask themselves. A, a N95, KN95 mask is really good for the wearer. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're learning about the cloth masks in particular is that they don't work that well against Omicron. Mm. And especially with kids, they don't work well because in the sense that kids are going to school together all day, they're yeah. fidgeting with their masks. They yes. take them off to eat. Sure. You know, like they're already mm-hmm. being exposed to germs. So that is almost at this point, hygiene theater. Yes. It's yeah. something that we're doing to make it look like we're doing something. And it probably has almost zero actual efficacy in stopping the spread Interesting. of COVID. Yeah. But a KN95 or an N95 mask protects both ways, of course, but it really can protect the wearer, which mm. we used to be like, I'm wearing it to protect you. Yes. You're wearing it to protect yes. me. This mm. is about like you protecting you. Okay. Interesting. So if you're worried, wear that mask. They're like, there's almost like your, your odds have even dropped even further. Yes. Um. So, so feel free, you know, mm. like that's the thing. But as far as that at a mandate level, no, that's probably not necessary at this point, especially just like we said last year, but it's just that we have so much more protection under mm-hmm. us right now. Yes. It's we're going into spring and summer when you know people can be out outdoors a little bit more. The seasonal influenza, you know, surge is is waning. You know, it's it's a good time. So who knows what's going to happen in the future? We had Mike Osterholm on our show a couple of weeks ago. He is a leading epidemiologist. He's based here at the University of Minnesota. And he he has been pretty anti-masks in schools since about January. Okay. Even though you guys, this guy is like the most pessimistic. I say this with <laughs> love in my heart for him. Even before the pandemic, he was like Mr. Doom. Like he was always like, next Doom year England. there's going to be a pandemic and <laughs> yeah. we're all going to die. And we're like, yeah, yeah. And then it happened. And, <laughs> and we're like, there was. Oh, we should talk to Mike Osterholm. Yes. He entered, he entered stage, right? And was like, yeah. here I am. So he's still like, it could change. We could have another variant that comes through. You know, so he's not saying it's over, let the right. rainbows and unicorns out. But he's saying this is the time to 
take a pause, take a breath. Like the, and especially as a science person, we put these measures in place mm-hmm. with reasons. Yes. And when those reasons change, we should be faithful to remove them as well. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's a topic that's going to continue to be discussed in families and in communities and in schools, as you said. And so I think a lot of us just are wondering, like, where am I supposed to land on this right now? Where are other people landing? So thank you for kind of talking us through what your thought process has been, especially as somebody who has been so informed of these various schools of thought all along the way. Yeah. Well, and I just have to ask a personal question. I don't know what the status is there in Oklahoma City. Have you guys like with masks in schools? Yeah. So OKCPS is where my daughters go, twins being homeschooled this year. Um, But OKCPS does still have the mask mandate. They bear in mind it's we have thousands and thousands and thousands of kids in this district and Mm -hmm. they have had the mask mandate since they went back to school um last late last spring um and so and we haven't we do i i will say i was not a huge fan of our superintendent for various reasons before the pandemic began but i will say he has handled guiding a huge school system like okcps through this pandemic with really strong leadership and i really do trust the decisions he's made and so i do feel like at the point when they do say hopefully that day will come when they do say it's time for us to lift the mask mandate for our kids, that it will be the right time considering all the various factors, because this is such a diverse school system with kids all over the place in terms of especially socioeconomic status and what's going on at home, what their access to vaccines are and to other health measures. The, The system, the school system has been extremely supportive of getting kids vaccinated. So having vaccine pods at various places, having testing sites. I mean, they've done Mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm. that you could hope that a huge school system would do. Um, But so right now we still have it. We are heading into March. We are heading into, we will have spring break in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Who knows what may happen after that? I do know that my kids have a lot of anxiety around not having masks anymore. I think they've gotten so used to it. And so I do think parents should be aware of, like, not only are we dealing with our own anxieties about what comes next, but our kids very much are too. Now, I think younger kids, like you said, they're probably, (laughs) probably don't have the best mask (laughs) procedures to begin with. Like they they do, they do. Okay. I think, but you know, like, you know, they're going to be little kids. Yes. But I do think for teenagers, you know, it's not just a matter of public health and safety. There's a lot of like identity, identity wrapped up in this as well. So yeah, yeah that's where we are. So our district just this week um, dropped the mask mandate, like they're recommended, but not required for middle school and high school. And then next week it will drop for the elementary. Okay. So they announced this a week and a half ago, or maybe you know, like the middle of February. Um, when cases were just plummeting here in Minnesota, the cool thing is, and I just, I would be curious to know how different districts are handling this is that they really laid out solid reasoning. Why now? Oh, okay. Like they were like, yeah. we are over 70% vaccination in both the middle school and high school. Yeah. Um, these are the case numbers. Like you can see it go up in December and then plummet back through. Yes. Um, like community spread is this, like, this is why we're doing this now. Like it's not capricious. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really backed up by the science. So 
this has been the first week since the pandemic started that my middle schoolers could go to school without a mask, but they have not, uh, they have continued to wear a mask and I have, I don't, I'm very curious about it because I wear a mask at work eight hours a day and I am over it. Like (laughs) as soon as they give the word. There will be no masking. Yeah, I know that for many be people. Burning the masks yes. in the backyard because we're all like those of us who sit at cubicles. Like you're not allowed to eat at your desk. You like you have to go find like an empty room. Sure, it's just like so many layers. And most, and again, I think that a lot of us because there's only like maybe thirty of us in the building for four hundred people. We feel like people who are making these decisions are working from home, and they're yes. like, oh yeah, don't don't eat at your desk. And we're like, we're the ones who are here. Yes, anyway, that's my own personal rant. I'm over it. My kids are just like, I I don't think they can verbalize all the reasons why they're still wearing masks. And I'm just super curious. So I'm not trying, yeah. I don't want to push, Yeah, but I'll be like, so I think some of it is like this identity piece. Like I don't want to be yeah. not a masker, like right. to exactly. act like it's not important. Exactly. Um, I think some of it too is middle school. Like now yep. I feel safe behind That's this mask. Huge thing for my eighth grader. And Huge. taking it off, it's like, you're going to see all of my face. Yep. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yes. Um, that is a huge component of it. it. It's just, I I think that what you just said, Meg, is so important that if you have kids in your life, this has been a bigger chunk of their life than it has been for us because yeah. we have more years. Yes. It's so so just recognizing that it's going to, we just need to have patience and create lots of safe spaces for them yeah. to process um, how are they feeling? So, and I said to my kids, like, I don't care if you continue to wear a mask. Like, I'm just curious. Um, are you going to A or B or like, yeah. how are other people at the school? Yes. Yeah. They said a lot of kids have taken their masks off, you know, yeah. but maybe not their friends, you know, which is also sure. going to play into it in middle school. So anyway, I just, I think that's a really good point is that making sure that our kids have a space to process their feelings yes. about all of this stuff as yes. well. Yes. So true. So true. Well, we definitely want to hear superstars because we know we can trust this conversation to you all um, to be sensitive to each other's perspectives and viewpoints. Um, I'm always, always so impressed and just Mm -hmm. like so grateful for the way we in the superstars group that we can have a little bit more intense conversations with that you know, measure of understanding like we're all here because we are all awesome and just being able to assign that positive yep. intent, that awesome intent. That's right. <laughs> to the other superstars. Okay. Well, like I said, Kelly, and I both have some things we wanted to talk about, some things that are bringing joy to our life. Speaking of COVID, this has been an extremely difficult week for me. My mother is in the hospital, very, very critically ill with COVID pneumonia, though she is vaccinated and boosted. She was absolutely in that high risk category. Both of my parents mm-hmm, are, mm-hmm. and they did get COVID and my, they both had a terrible time with the first round, but anyway, it's continued to be an extremely difficult struggle for my mom. So that's been a lot of stress going on. Also, we did have a winter storm, Kelly. I haven't left the house since <sighs> Wednesday and, uh, but all the kids have been home. <laughs> I'm a little stir crazy at the moment. But I do have some things that have been bringing me joy. Maybe we could just kind of go back and forth and share some of the ones. And yeah. Since you've been talking so much, bless your heart. And thank yes. you. <laughs> yeah, it's a real hardship, Meg. Yes. Said the woman who probably had talks a lot <laughs> on every report card from the time she was in kindergarten. 
Oh, that strong Enneagram set that energy <laughs> from the start. Um, okay. The first thing I'm going to tell you about and tell the superstars about, I can tell you all, this is going to be an awesome of the week eventually. You know, sometimes on the overflow, we talk about things that like, oh, they're not going to make it to the main show. This absolutely will, but I'm so excited about it. And I love it so much that I have to like give you guys the preview of it before I, I can't even wait, but I will be telling all of the awesomes about it eventually. Okay. Kelly. Have you heard of, have you listened to the new podcast, Normal Gossip? No, I don't even think I've heard of it. Okay. It is a, it's a small podcast. It's not from one of the major networks okay. or anything. I came across it from Nick Kwa's newsletter. Yes. Um, yeah. Nick Kwa is a longtime writer of and observer of kind of leading authority in the podcast space. Um, he writes for Vulture now in his podcast newsletter at Vulture is called One and a Half Time Speed, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. That makes sense. He has to listen to a lot of podcasts. So he just named the whole newsletter 1.5 times speed. So anyway, last or this month, earlier this month, he mentioned in his newsletter this new podcast called Normal Gossip. It is produced by Defector Media, which is a media company founded by former Deadspin writers. Um, the, the line that Nick Qua wrote in his newsletter that got me super interested in this podcast is, few things exist in the universe more potent than good gossip, especially if that gossip has minimal stakes and has absolutely nothing to do with you. <laughs> Yes. Which I was like, okay, sign me up. I went and found the podcast immediately, Kelly, immediately. So this podcast is hosted by Kelsey McKinney, and it's produced by Alex Sujong Laughlin. Kelsey is a former evangelical who has had a debut novel come out last year called God Spare the Girls. I okay. vaguely remember that title. I did not read it. But anyway, that's unrelated to this podcast. <laughs> that's unrelated to the podcast itself. So here is the setup for this podcast. Each episode, she has a guest. And at the top of the episode, she discusses with the guest their views on and their like sort of like relationship to gossip. So for some people, she might talk about like, you know, I grew up Christian where gossip is like a major sin. It's a woman's sin. You know, like there's a lot of conversation around religion and gender and gender norms and all of those types of things. But sometimes she'll say like, was this part of your family culture? Like how is gossip treated in your family? Hmm. Um, sometimes she'll ask questions like, is there a difference between enjoying gossip and being a gossip? So the first part of the show, like the first segment is just like some general conversation about gossip. Okay. Then Kelsey tells the guest a very gossipy story. So these stories are, they're real things that truly, truly happened either to a friend of hers or a friend of a friend, or sometimes listeners will send in their gossipy stories yeah. for Kelsey to tell. So all of the names have been changed to protect the innocent and all of that. So Kelsey tells the story and the, she and the guests react as these crazy gossipy stories are unfolding. At three different points in the story, Kelsey stop, will stop and ask the guest what they would have done if that situation yeah. was happening to them or if it involves them, which is really great on a production level. I feel like it keeps the conversation going. So it's not just Kelsey telling the story. It gives the guest kind of something to do right. to continue to interact with the story. So some of the stories are a little bit mundane and some of them are absolute wild rides. 
Oh my gosh. My very favorite one so far from season one. And as we're recording today, they just wrapped up season one. It has eight episodes. Okay. In it. So okay. if you're looking for a quick binge, oh my gosh, you will love this. So my favorite one though is episode five. The guest is Lacey Mosley, who hosts the Scam Goddess podcast. Okay which I know is really popular. I've never listened to it, but she is hilarious. And so the name of the episode is uh, Leave Him a Little Bit Broken, a Little Bit Mad. It involves Kelly. <laughs> I am I'm sitting at the center of this Venn diagram. <laughs> it involves Southern sorority girls, petty friendship arguments, and major wedding drama. Okay. Wow. That's a whole reality TV show energy it, there is. I was thinking as I listened to this story unfold, like this is the perfect setup for reality TV. I am telling you, I laughed out loud in public multiple times listening to this episode. I love this episode so much. I didn't listen to it just once. I listened to it twice all the way through (laughs) and it's an hour long. So earlier this week, I texted Laura and our friend, Laura Tremaine, and then Mm -hmm. our other best friend from high school, Jamie. Um, I was like, things are so stressful in my life right now. I'm just looking for anything that's lighthearted. So I found this podcast. You guys have to go listen to this specific episode. So about 20 minutes later, our friend Jamie texted back. "Um, I just started this podcast and I cannot turn it off. I've locked myself in my office and told my assistant that I'll be on a call for another 45 minutes. (laughs) I mean, it's not a lie. (laughs) It's not technically. I mean, you're on like you have headphones and you're listening and you're reacting. What's the difference? Yes. So anyway, Kelly, this has just brought me so much joy. It is pure deliciousness. I'm telling you, it will be an awesome of the week next month on the main show, but I had to give you guys this preview. And honestly, the, the beginning part, the talking about gossip, like in a meta way, it's also really fascinating. And some Mm -hmm. of our guests bring some very interesting points to the surface, like how gossip has served as a way of safety and communication amongst marginalized people um, in a way of communicating to each other who is safe and who is unsafe, what situations are unsafe. Mm. Like there's some really interesting sociopolitical commentary in it. And it's, but it's still about gossip. And so it's really dishy yeah. and fun. Um, Sam Sanders from It's Been a Minute, um, okay. NPR show has been on there. Again, Lacey Mosley, other people that you might recognize. Oh my it gosh. Sounds it sounds fantastic. It is yeah. a delight. So that might be what I'm doing this weekend, especially yes. if it's only eight episodes. Like it's yeah. just, yeah. Season one is eight episodes. It's all out. You could binge it and have fun. And if you do, you have to tell me. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. So what is something bringing you joy right now? Okay, this is silly, but you guys, <laughs> I can't stop cooking. Yeah. I mean, this is especially at this point, I feel like in winter every year for anybody who lives in the North, we are just like, okay, is it still happening? <laughs> How is it still happening? Am I living in a groundhog day? Didn't yeah. it just snow? Didn't they just say it was supposed to be warm this weekend? And they were like, just kidding. It's actually going to snow some more. So I have really embraced in the last couple of years when we stopped being able to go out, but also like going out isn't as much fun in the winter. It's just, it's cold. It's dark. It's like really embraced cooking at home and enjoying that and making that kind of like the, the moment every day that I just get to shut out the world, work with my hands, 
make something really tasty. And I've been trying, a, like, I wouldn't say a lot of new things, but I have a lot of different recipes that I will only eat in the winter because they're, yeah, they, you sure. know, whatever. It's like a stew. I just don't want stew in the summer. Yeah. So, or soups. So last weekend I had, I had just made some really good meals and we got to Sunday, Saturday night. We had um, like our best friends over. We had a little Hawaiian luau where I made Kahlua pork, which I just fell in love with when we were in Hawaii last month. And it's, it's like a pork and you traditionally make it with cabbage, it's just shredded pork. You guys, it's nothing super. It's got like liquid smoke in it. So yeah. it's a little more smoky. It'd be great if you could actually smoke it. I just made it my slow cooker, but we had it on top of rice with cabbage and we made um, grilled pineapple, which actually I have that recipe on my um, website where you can like marinate spears of pineapple, fresh pineapple in um, like orange juice and cloves and cinnamon Mm. and all these things, brown sugar. And then you just grill them and eat it with ice cream. It was amazing. Yeah. And then we got to Sunday and we went out for a quick walk. And I said, I think for dinner tonight, I'm going to make this roast beef. And he actually, and my husband loves to eat you guys. Yeah. And he's like, you're cooking again. Like, why are you still cooking? Like we can't even all the leftovers in the fridge. I'm like, where I needed, I need a new container yes. to put the leftovers in. And they're like, we don't it's, have any more mom. And I'm like, get the big bag then, you know, like something. Yeah. He's like, why are you still cooking? And I'm like, because it's what brings me joy right now. Yes. Yes. It's, it's just what I'm doing. Right. And so I actually am not, I haven't cooked a few nights this week because I, I recognize the need to actually eat some of the food <laughs> that was sitting in my fridge, yes. but I was like bummed about it. Oh. And because I'm like, well, I mean, I try to embrace it. Like, okay, Kelly, you have a night off, like, you know, go take a bath or That's such a seven way to look at it. Yeah. Try Don't to like, be find sad. It. Don't be Don't sad be about sad. not cooking. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. I did meet um, a friend for like happy hour one day. So that I didn't like have to come home. Like I didn't get oh, home until yes. six 30. So it was like, well, not a big deal. Cause I don't have to. Yes. Um, but I have just, so especially this year, yes. 2022 has been like at the end of all of this, right. Or not even maybe the end, but like where we are at this point after the last couple of years, all the hardness yes. to do something again with my hands that makes other people happy. And I will say I'm kind of rocking it lately. Like yes. Corey is like, what? I don't like that roast beef that I made Sunday night was this oven off roast beef that the idea you take like an eye of round okay. and you cook it. I could share this recipe too, but it's amazing. Eye of round, you like coat it in a paste of olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic, and some red pepper flakes. And you just kind of, you know, rub that on the outside and then you preheat your oven to 500. Oh, okay. You cook it at 500 degrees for five minutes per pound, however big your roast is. Yeah. And then you just turn the oven off and walk away. Ooh, nice. Two hours later, that's a perfectly medium <gasps> rare roast beef. I need that recipe for sure. It is. So I cut it on Sunday and tried to cut it super thin because part of what made me think about it is that Kieran, my 11 year old was like, he was wanting a steak sandwich, which in the summer we make carne asada a lot on the grill. And so he would always take the leftover slices of carne asada and find some sort of a roll. I mean, it was like bread and steak, but still that was what he wanted. So I was cutting this super thin and both Kieran and Corey ended up like angels on my shoulders. And was just like taking a piece, Uh a little piece, a little piece. And I was like, you guys, I've got to feed all, you're going to get less on your plate. But it's just, that's satisfying too, to have people like what you make, but mostly it's just the act. It's the act of cooking Mm -hmm. that has just made me really happy. So therapeutic. I get it. Absolutely. Okay. um, Next one on my list is something that I did recently talk about on the Austin Today show with Kyle, but I didn't really go into it. So 
superstars buckle up. You got to get the whole, you got to get the expanded version here. Um, I believe I have found the perfect fanfic for anybody who's ever been curious about like, why do people read fanfic? What is this even about? Okay. So the name of the story is called Wait and Hope, and it's written by fic writer Might Be Writing on Archive of Our Own or AO3, which is a major fanfic hosted hosting website. So the setup for this story is it's a Dramione fic. So Dramione in Potterverse fanfic is the pairing of Draco Malfoy and Hermione Granger. I have big feelings about that right there. Yep, I know. <laughs> I was going to say, if you've ever even read the books, when you hear that pairing, you probably want to strangle me and be like, how dare you? I'm like, no, I just a hard no. It's a hard no. I understand. I understand. Dramione is a new to me pairing, as I talked about on the sort of spicy fanfic conversation. My home base in Potterverse fic is uh, Dreary, which is Draco and Harry, which I know is definitely not for most people, (laughs) (laughs) but it's very much for me. So I understand that just, just on the surface, that feels like a little squicky or infuriating or whatever the word is you want. But to I think you're going to say like, you're going to have to get but, over that because it's worth it. Is that where you're going? Yes. yes. Because one of the most interesting things, one of the most interesting things that fanfic does is it continues the story for characters in a text, right? Whether right. it's a movie, a book, whatever. Sometimes the villains get their redemption arc that they didn't get in the original text. And then alternatively, sometimes it flips the hero into the over to the dark side. So there's a lot of room in fanfic. And the the primary reason it even exists is to allow these characters like a place to kind of play out these ideas uh, via the minds and imaginations of writers Mm -hmm. in a post-canon world um, a lot of the time. So the premise of Wait and Hope is that Hermione Granger wakes up in St. Mungo's, the magical hospital of the Potterverse, and cannot remember the past six years of her life. And she certainly doesn't remember marrying Draco Malfoy. So the Nor story- should she. <laughs> <laughs> the story- and you're like, the end. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go on, go on, make teeth. Well, the story unfolds as uh, Draco's devotion to her and his determination to her to invite her to fall in love with him all over again, how that plays out. It grapples with a lot of things like forgiveness and redemption. There's a lot of classic romance tropes in this one, like enemies to lovers, amnesia, kind of flirts with the idea of the woke up married trope. And the reason I feel like this is the perfect fanfic for anybody who's ever been curious about why anyone reads fanfic is Rebecca and I recently talked about um, reading. We both read the love hypothesis, which is by Allie Hazelwood that came out last year. It was a huge hit surprise hit book talk went nuts about it. I mean, it has just been a huge, huge, huge um, new release in the world of contemporary romance. Well, famously Allie Hazelwood wrote the story that became the love hypothesis as a star Wars fanfic before it became, before she reworked it into this mainstream contemporary romance (sighs) called the love hypothesis. Okay. And so what happened is she had been writing fanfic for a long time at AO3 on archive of our own. And 
the woman who became her agent was read her works and like sent her a message and it was, was like, I think you've got a lot of potential here. Have you ever thought about writing, you know, mainstream romance? And so this story that I'm telling you all about, Wait and Hope, to me, reads exactly like a t- contemporary romance. It just happens to be set in the original Potterverse. Okay. And so you have references to Hogwarts and the houses. You've got Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade. You have like characters can apparate and they use flues. So all of that familiarity of the Potterverse is there, but it also has an extremely strong contemporary romance vibe to it. The spice level is just about the same as uh, the love experiment. It's a little... There's like a few moments that are a little bit spicy, but for the most part, it's pretty tame, all things considered, in the world of fanfic. It's so darling. I'm so happy it exists in the world. And so I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Yes. Ever just been a little bit curious about like, what is Meg talking about when she's talking about reading fanfic? I think, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of different iterations of fanfic. Yeah. But this one is like the most reader accessible one that I've ever found. So. That's so okay. So I'm going to have to, I actually went to go look this up while you were talking because it reminded me as I was doing work this week on um, Marlon James, Mm -hmm. that I found a article where he was interviewed a few years ago when his first book came out, his first book in this trilogy, the dark side trilogy, Mm -hmm. um, which was like one of the national books of the year that year or something like that um, about fanfic. And it reminded me of you because you were the person who first brought fanfic as a thing into my life. And he was saying that really he thinks as a writer, so I'll just read this. He says a huge part of writing is knowing when to say goodbye to a character and to resist writing more than you should. Mm. It's almost like knowing when to leave a party or when to leave somebody's house. You could wear out your welcome with a novel. Mm-hmm. I like novels that leave me imagining what happened 10 days after the story ended. They continue yes. another life in your head or maybe on your fan fiction account. I yes. love the idea of fan fiction. People who have fallen for characters and don't want to let them go. That's when you know you've written a good character. Mm. Oh, that gave me chills. It's yeah, so I, I know not all authors feel that way. Like mm-hmm. some feel like you you don't have the right to this person. For sure. Um, I think more and more people are getting away from that because they're just recognizing that's not what you don't control your characters. I mean, in most right. most good writers, and he even says this in the interview that I interviewed, like you you don't control your characters even in your head. Like before right. you've even written them. As you start to write, they do things that surprise you, which I think is Mm -hmm. so interesting when you talk Mm. to people who write fiction and that they're surprising you. So I I love the idea that there's this fan fiction out there that people can take these characters, but it sounds like even with this one, even though you think you know them, right? because it's it's following some of these kind of classic romance novel tropes that it's, you don't, you wouldn't have to know them. Right. Yeah. And it will just change the way you see them or, or to imagine another, what if yes. a multiverse sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So again, I'll put a link in the show notes. If you guys want to go check it out, it's about 90,000 words, which is about the length of a okay. contemporary romance book. So okay. it's, it's again, fanfic is all over the place. Some of them are like a thousand words long. And then of course right. there's all the young dudes, which we are some of us still, are I'm still working reading. our way through. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And it's over 500,000 words. So, but this is about the size of just like, if you needed a quick read over the weekend or something okay. like that. So, all right. Ooh. What else do you have on your list? Um, so <laughs> this will surprise no one, but have y'all heard of a TV show called modern family? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just pause to let Meg laugh. <laughs> rightfully so. Rightfully so. <laughs> 
Yep. But I'm coming in here. I actually saw somebody on Twitter say like, I want to start a podcast that is like, do you guys remember that? Because yes. she's like, I'm always five to 10 years behind like the good album, the good TV show, you know, the yes. podcast. And I want to like bring it back to people's attention because they've probably forgotten about it. Like what's new to me. They're like, oh yeah, I remember that. So yes. I have gotten into watching Modern Family. I don't even remember what I was watching that ended. It might've been Abbott Elementary on yeah. Hulu. And then mm-hmm. they were like, you know, here's another show that is kind of similar because as I mentioned on one of our recent episodes, Abbott Elementary was my awesome of the week, but it's still mm-hmm. ongoing. So it's just a new episode every week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Modern Family is such my thing. Yes. Sitcoms make me so happy. So to have a new sitcom that is yes. just... I'm in season three, so I'm totally in love. I'm totally in love with the characters at this point. And, you know, like, you know, them, you know, their quirks and you can see all the different, you know, relationships developing. It makes me laugh out loud. So, and I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm making my family watch certain scenes. You know, this is how I, you know, I really like something where I'll, I'll be watching it and then somebody will walk through the room and I'll be like, Oh, come here, come here. And I take my earbuds out and I'm like, back up, you know, and they're like, mom. And I was just going to get, I'm like, no, 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 just, it's really funny. I promise. You got to watch this because I want to share the joy. I love it. Even if I don't get to share the joy, (laughs) it, you know, the, the sheer pleasure mm-hmm. of like a good TV show that really just hits your spot. Like for me, it's absolutely sitcoms. Maybe for you, it's something else. It's Game of Thrones. Who knows? Yeah. Like having that to look forward to, yes. especially this time of year when mm-hmm. I can't go outside. You know, there's so many of my regular options, things that help perk me up are unavailable to me. Yes. Um, to have that almost every night, like I will watch it while I'm making dinner or yeah. I will watch it as I'm cleaning up from dinner. Yes. And I just put my earbuds in and it's just, it's so fun. It's it is. so fun. So yeah, I will say this. If you have not seen the show, it is about like two generations of a family, mixed yeah. family, a same yeah. sex couple, like kids of different ages. Um, so it's all about family relationships. Yep. And yesterday, the one I watched, the um, family that is kind of the most, you know, normative uh-huh. With a mom and dad, and you know, there's like two teenage girls and the son at this point, he's still upper elementary, maybe early middle school. Everybody, it's it's February 29th, which the dad who's a bit of a goofball, he's like, This is my favorite day. It's like an extra day that we get. What are we gonna do with it? And his wife is super crabby and he realizes what that means. Uh-huh. Like yes. she's super crabby, and then her daughter, the one, the older one, gets really crabby, and then the younger one, and he's like, "This is one of those shows again where they talk to the camera, you know." And he's like, yes. "I'd heard that it was possible for women's cycles to sync up. <laughs> I never thought it would happen to me on the best day of the year. The worst thing has happened." So at one point, he's trying to explain to them why he's nervous, and of course, you know, explaining to people because he says to his son, like, the first rule of like having women in your house have their period is. We don't talk about the period. <laughs> like you can't do that. Yes. That's going to upset them. And so he ends up having to talk about it. And they're yes. all like, what are you saying? He's like, you are, that is so offensive that you think that's why we're being grumpy. And he's like, I am so scared right now. <laughs> well, you think he's going to say, sorry. Yeah. I like had to stop it. It was just like, it's so perfectly well-played. It's just yeah. goofy. Everything resolves in 23 minutes. Yep. The way that we all, all right. seven everywhere wish life would be yes. it's wonderful. So uh, here's the thing, you guys, I'm going to need another show because I'm binging this one. Like what else, 
what else? I need more like this. What have I, what else other things have I missed? Yeah. Let's let the superstars fill you Come in Come and on help that. me out because I'm going to need a list. The good, ne- the good news, the good thing about Modern Family and anytime you find a network TV show, especially, you know, if it's from a few years back, is the seasons were pretty long. They're like yeah. 22 episodes yes. instead of like, you know, now prestige TV, you get 10 episodes. Right. If you're lucky, some are now cutting back to eight episodes in a season. And so, yeah, you've got a lot to get through, but yes. I'm sure the superstars can direct you where you need to go next. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you what I've watched and you can tell me where else, what else yes. I should put on my playlist. Yeah. Okay. The last thing I want to tell you guys about is a TikTok account. And if you are on TikTok and if your life in any way mirrors mine in in such a way that TikTok knows you, then you probably know this TikTok creator. His TikTok handle is waiting for Guffman. His name is Christopher Ryan Stamey. And he's this post-evangelical Southern white guy. He's gay, he's a comedian, and he has created this entire universe of characters for his TikTok. Okay. And Kelly, when I say universe, I mean, I went back at, before we recorded, I counted at least 10 characters that he's created that are like his main cast. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> sometimes little side characters appear. Um, so for almost all of them, they're almost all women. They all go to the same small town church. And so even though every single TikTok involving these characters is a standalone and it's funny by itself, he also works in these like little side storylines so that if you watch all of them, you like are tracking okay. with, like, these little Easter eggs he drops and refers to other characters and their storylines. He's so brilliant. Like he's so, so funny. And he nails each of these characters. If you grew up in a small town, and especially if you grew up and I didn't grow up even in the deep South, but like. There's just so much of small town Southern culture, church culture in this. So some of my favorite characters are there's Sassy Steve. That's like the only, I think it's the only male character in his universe. He is a very closeted gay man who always makes snarky commentary as people are walking into Sunday morning church. Whether it's about, you know, what somebody's wearing or he's gossiping or like who's singing the special that morning. Um, He has one who is recipe Rhonda. I feel called out a little bit. Recipe Rhonda is so proud of what she brought to the church potluck that she stands by the table and like gives unsolicited yes. recipes and advice to people who walk by. But listen, bonus, sometimes Recipe Rhonda shares real recipes that are recipes from Christopher's actual North Carolina yeah. family. Yeah, and I so you it. can, like someone said, I just watched one today that was a real recipe. Um, there was a Recipe Rhonda one, but he gave a real recipe and somebody in the comments said something like, I came for the comedy, but I'm staying for the recipes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's Dark Darlene, who takes great delight in teaching kids Sunday school classes and really focusing on all the bloody, gory parts. (laughs) (laughs) A recent one, she was telling the story of the plagues in Egypt. And she's like, and then the whole river turned to blood. Isn't that gross? Like she delights in everything dark and disturbing that happens in the Bible. Right. 
And there's a lot of that. I mean, yes. you could go for a long time. Yes. About the gross stuff in the Bible. Yeah. So my very favorite is a character named Sister Caroline. She does the Sunday morning announcements at the start of the Sunday morning worship service. The bit with Sister Caroline is that Every single time she gives announcements, every time she ties back whatever they're doing, whatever activities going on, whatever activities coming up, she ties it all back to Jesus and the cross. And she starts crying every <laughs> single time. That's the one where I feel so called out. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. I could just sit and watch all of his, just like, I don't even need TV anymore. I just watch these. And I will say, Christopher himself is so sweet and genuine. He responds to pretty much every comment, even if it's just like with some emojis. We DM'd back and forth just a little bit last year because I shared one of his TikToks like on my personal um, Instagram stories. He was so kind and so gracious and I just love him and I love his account. So um, I know not everyone's into the TikTok, but I'm going to put a link to his account and some of my favorite ones in the show notes for you guys. That's awesome. Um, Of course, something else bringing me joy all the time are the superstars. We are so thankful for you and for your support. Um, I'm just, Kelly and I had been talking about like some of these conversations can only happen with the superstars. So Kelly, thank you for taking time out of the busy schedule that you've got going on to update us and tell us about, you know, all these things that are going on. Yeah. That's always my pleasure. I love hanging out with you guys. Yeah. Uh, Superstars, thank you so much for your ongoing support. And again, if you are interested in getting those ad-free episodes of the main show, make sure to log into your Patreon account and you'll see when you look at the tiers available, you'll see Superstar and Very Superstar. Very Superstar will get you those ad-free ones. Thank you guys so much for your ongoing support and thank you for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Bye.